0: that growth was never enough. It was like an engine that you kept shoveling coal into and it could never be satisfied because the way that our economy works right now is that you always just need more and more growth, more growth, more growth, more growth. And sometimes it's never, ever satisfied. Well, hey it's great to be back with all of you i'm pastor angela it's been so much fun to be filling in for natalia this summer Uh, and i only have one more week left after today so next week uh, actually next week you're going to have a witness from the kids who went to camp i believe Um, and then august 6th is my last sunday here preaching Um, but i'm sure i'll come back to visit and i'll have to come see pastor natalia preach sometime too so make sure to stay in touch. And if you've been watching online, uh, maybe you can come in person August 6th and say hi so I can see some faces behind the screen. Um, but if you're online too, it's nice to have you in worship today. So the weeds and the wheat, it's it's our agricultural season of scripture. Uh, we've been talking last week about the parable of the sower and This was always a good time in my previous church where I pastored uh, because I was pastoring a church that was made up of a lot of farmers. So I always got to ask them firsthand what was their experience with the seeds. And what I found out um, is that seed science is a really particular thing now. And a lot of uh, farmers have now also gone into the seed business. Um, But what what we see this week is that more prolific than plants and crops are weeds. And I think many of us know that firsthand. Uh, It seems well-placed for me because really for the last six years, my husband and I have been going through an ongoing backyard, I don't know, reconstruction, transformation, (laughs) rebirth, Um, so we had been living in Orange County, Southern California, where I was pastoring at a church there. And in 2017, we moved back here to the twin cities where I grew up. We had two little boys and it was just time to get home closer to family. And in Orange County, everything is kind of new, even though we lived in one of the older suburbs, everything still feels really new. Um, and we had lived in a new house. And so when we came back here, we really wanted to get an older home. So we, we bought a house that was built in 1953 and not right the previous owner, but the owner before she had had this dream for the backyard. And so it's a South Minneapolis house. We've got power lines hanging up above. Um, but her dream was that the yard at this house was going to look like the boundary waters. <laughs> and it definitely had the mosquitoes and it was also beginning to have the wildlife and so um, she really she had this beautiful vision and she had made this beautiful yard and all kinds of plants and things growing Um, but between her and us there was another owner and he was a young guy in his I think late 20s early 30s he had two little kids he was living there, single dad. He was not so much into the gardening. <laughs> so if you can imagine somebody putting in all kinds of plants and things to grow, and then somebody else kind of not touching it for two years. You can imagine that we came, when we came to see the house, you could barely even see the house, because it was hidden by all the foliage. Um, so when we first moved in, it was sort of like a tale of um, destruction. <laughs> so my dad and my uncle came over and we're just, they're kind of hacking away at stuff. And we had this really, really big, beautiful tree in the back alley, um, but it had gotten to be so big and kind of deceased inside that the neighbors had started calling it a widow maker. <laughs> so I was not excited about that idea. Um, so we had to take that tree down And so for a few years, it became from this place of like all this teeming wildlife and growth by necessity because so much had gotten overgrown, so much had, you know, become lots of places for little baby rabbits to be born. It became then kind of more of a desolate place. And we had some room, you know, for the kids to play soccer. Um, But we're just now, Six years later, getting to a place where we've been able to replant some trees, replant some plants, and have it get back to this place of life and growth again. And still, the weeds are growing really ferociously, too. And so I've always enjoyed this parable because it just seems really real, right? not only because we all know the tenacity of weeds in maybe your own church lot, but also maybe at your own home, Um, but it seems really real because we know in our lives that there are things that feel like weeds. We know that there are things that keep growing and challenging us and that are painful and relationships that are painful. And you think, why won't God just cut that down so that I can only be surrounded by the good things. But the weeds continue to grow really ferociously. But this year, as I reread this scripture passage, and I was going back to study it in detail in preparation for this Sunday, there was kind of one singular truth that came to me out of this parable from Jesus in a new way. It's this. Not all that grows is good. One more time. Not all that grows is good. Now, if you put that idea, this idea of the parable, the weeds and the wheat, and that something that's growing so quickly and so wonderfully is not good, we know that to be true in the natural world as weeds grow. But put that phrase into context with American culture and economy. Kind of seems like a little bit of a contrast, right? As I thought about this passage, I was thinking about a friend of mine who was working in a startup new company, and things were going well, and they were making profit, and they could pay their employees. and as he went to go present to the Board of Directors, every month, even as things kept growing, the employees kept being to be able to be paid, that growth was never enough. It was like an engine that you kept shoveling coal into, and it could never be satisfied. Because the way that our economy works right now is that you always just need more and more growth, more growth, more growth, more growth. And sometimes it's never, ever satisfied. Growth is, from a cultural and an economic standpoint, an unqualified good. Grow, 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 grow. I also want to put this parable into context, not only in our culture at large, but into the church context. Do you all ever remember hearing about something called the Church Growth Movement? So the Church Growth Movement, you maybe never heard it labeled as such, but I'm sure that it's been a part of all of our experience going to church in the last few decades. The Church Growth Movement, one of its most famous disciples or leaders, was Willow Creek Chicago pastor Bill Hybels, and he started opening churches in Chicago in movie theaters and the whole idea in the church growth movement is kind of the same as our economy and our culture and that's grow 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 bigger is better more is better track attendance church attendance this is maybe how we got a thing called pastor math which is if you ask any pastor how many people go to their church on a weekly you know average they'll up that number by a couple hundred <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, let's see. Fill in a few extra people here. It comes from this sense that we constantly need to grow, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. And so the church growth movement borrowed a lot of ideas from the American economy, from American business, and this sense of grow, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. I've been watching uh, lately. I'm a big documentary fan and there's been a lot of documentaries out lately about churches. There's been two documentaries made. One of the ones I watched most recently is about a church called Hillsong. It originated in uh, Australia and then came and kind of caught on fire within the last 10-15 years in New York City. And became well known as a church where a lot of celebrities, including famously Justin Bieber, went to worship, um, as well as athletes, NBA players. Tyson Chandler, I think famously, used to do baptisms in his bathtub. NBA player. Um, But so this church, Hillsong, also became really famous because it created a lot of the contemporary church music that was used in churches globally around the world for the last 10 years. Um, So longer ago, songs like Lead Me to the Cross, Oceans. Did you guys sing Oceans here? Not here. (laughs) Uh, Lots of the popular music came from this church hill song. And it just grew week after week after week. And became bigger and more popular, and so from this church in New York City there became Hillsong churches all over the United States. Well, what happened as you watch this documentary is you see the way that that culture of constant growth, constant more money coming in, it began to corrupt the leadership of the church. And so the lead pastor of the New York City Church, ended up resigning after infidelity, broken marriage, came to light. Uh, The founding pastor of the church in Australia, his father had actually founded a church with a similar name, they changed the name, Um, but he was convicted of child sexual abuse. And so this whole culture of a church that was grow, 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 big, 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 kind of collapsed at the end. That hasn't happened to every single church that was built on grow, 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 build, build, build. Um, But I think what this parable does for us today is it reminds us that we can carry a bit of suspicion sometimes of unqualified growth. And so I think the flip side sometimes of that coin is that we have churches all over this country, all over this state, all over this city that feel bad about themselves when growth slows down. Or when there hasn't been this dreamed of growth that was preached by these big disciples of the church growth movement, many of them including Bill Hybels, who ended up resigning under scandal or shame. What this parable, I think, reminds us of is that growth in and of itself is not necessarily a sign of righteousness. Growth in and of itself is not necessarily a sign of righteousness. Now, here's the other reminder. This is something I heard a little bit of when I went to Luther Seminary. Is that, well, if, if growth can be dangerous, then we're just going to say our smallness and our stagnancy is holy. <laughs> And what is only holy is to get tighter and tighter in and of ourselves and to beware of outsiders and to think that we are made more holy because of our uniqueness and our aloneness. Jesus tells us that the weeds and the wheat grow together until the appointed time. Jesus reminds us of too, and I I know this has happened in my own yard. Sometimes we can't perfectly tell what are the weeds, what are the wheat. What is the growth that is being fostered by God, and what is the growth that is going to lead to human idolatry and ultimate fall? So, what do we do? In the midst of all that, I think maybe one of the first lessons is, is that we are not the ones who make the weeds and the wheat grow. That's God. We're also not the ones who pluck up the weeds, except maybe in your own yard or at your own church lawn. What we are called to do is to tend to our own growth and our own garden. And what we are also called to do is to carry a degree, again, of suspicion and not to worship growth in and of itself. We are called to be stewards of the Holy Gospel of Jesus. The gospel of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel that says in this life, as it did for God's Son, there will be pain, there will be suffering. For carrying God's word of justice and hope, especially for those who've been rejected by the world, you too might be rejected by the world. You too will likely experience pain and suffering for the calling of this gospel. You too, as a church body, may experience rejection by the world you too may sit by and watch as it seems like other places of worship other faith groups have the secret mystery of growth and celebrity and power jesus says the weeds and the wheat will grow together the God is the sower. God makes the plants grow. We are the carriers of the message. We are the safe keepers of the gospel of resurrection after death. And so I invite you to be both proud of your plot of wheat to continue to tend it and to tend your own faith. To embrace the places where growth is happening right here and to not miss them, but to embrace those places as I'm sure you're gonna hear about next week, as you hear the witness of those who've been to camp and those who've been on mission trips. And also I invite you to know that you are called to a countercultural message that may challenge everything else in the, that you know of, and yet God grows that message. God grows the gospel, and God promises you life even after death. Please pray with me. God, it's it's difficult sometimes to understand why some things seem to grow so quickly and god sometimes the things in our lives that we invest so much energy into seem to grow slowly or not at all god we pray that you would continue to give us faith as we tend our garden that you would give us a healthy suspicion of the gospel of growth And God, that you too would help us to see signs of new life and hope in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to leave you with this as we talk about growth. In terms of growth that brings life, I keep thinking about my 10 and seven year old boys and how excited they are when they wake up, mom, I think I grew. And they wanna go stand against the wall and get measured and see if they've come up just another little half inch. Um, and when I think it's a little harder to think about growth that, that isn't good, growth that brings death instead of life. Um, but I've had a couple of basal cells on my face, which are a kind of skin cancer. And they start out just as a tiny little spot And if you don't get them removed, they grow bigger and bigger and bigger until you end up maybe on Dr. Pimple Popper on TLC or um, it brings cancerous growth into your into your body slowly but surely. And so you have to get it cut off. So my prayer for all of you today and for this congregation is that God will nurture all that growth that brings life and that God will cut down and stop all that grows, which brings death, as the weeds and the wheat grow together. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, look upon you with favor and grant you God's peace. the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.